This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I'm going to read a passage from Psalm 105, and then I want to talk about what it looks like. You see in the title, we're calling it Keep on Searching, and I want to talk about what it looks like for us as followers of Jesus to keep on searching after connecting with him on growing to a deeper level, on how we can really spend time connecting with God in a way that connects with each of us. And so I just want to jump right into it, read the first few verses of Psalm 105. This is from the Living Bible translation. It says, Thank the Lord for all the glorious things he does. Proclaim them to the nations, sing his praises, and tell everyone about his miracles. Glory in the Lord, O worshipers of God, rejoice. Search for him and for his strength, and keep on searching. And that last little line, you can obviously tell from the title of the episode, I really love that. Search for him and for his strength and keep on searching. I, I think that that sort of continuous, I don't remember, I'm sure I learned at some point in English class what you know kind of language to use to describe the way this wording is, the tense of the verb, all that kind of stuff. But this continuous sense that you get when you read it, to keep on searching. I think that's so hugely important because for many of us, I'm, I'm sure, and for me, life can kind of go in phases or stages or chapters or there's all different ways that people describe the way that they feel life is moving for them or that they're moving through life. And for me, a lot of those stages or chapters or whatever you want to call them, they reach a point for me, or I reach a point in them, I guess is a better way to say it, where I really sort of, for lack of a better term, plateau in my growth. I reach a point where I feel like, man, I already had to do X, Y, and Z that's all that I'm really willing to do. That's all that I'm really wanting to grow right now. And then if somebody points out or if I read in a verse somewhere that there's another thing that I really need to work on, I kind of feel like, eh, no, not right now. I've got enough that I feel like I've already done and I'm kind of in the middle of working on some other things and I just, I don't know if I have it in me. And what we find, especially what I find, I'm, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I'm assuming that pretty much anyone listening has had the same experience of the ebb and flow of, you know, the different circumstances that we find ourselves facing in life and then kind of how that impacts us and how it makes us feel about whether or not 
honestly, in the moment, we're desiring to grow. Or if we feel like in the moment, hey, right now, I'm not really even able, I'm treading water so much just to be able to handle the day-to-day stuff, that thinking about growth on top of that, um, that's that's a little bit unrealistic. That's kind of a pipe dream because, yeah, I, I'm just trying to keep my head above water and make it one day at a time. I love that even though that's the way that most of us at one point or another have felt in life, we get this reminder, this challenge, this encouragement from Psalm 105 verse 4. Search for him and for his strength and keep on searching. And I want to talk a little bit about something for me that made a huge impact on um, not really on my desire to search, but I would say more on uh, the practical way that that search for God played out in my life. So you've heard me talking in several episodes about meditation and how I I really connect with God in those moments of stillness and silence and just being open to hearing from him. But I didn't start that practice until it was right around, I don't know, 29 or 30, somewhere in there. So I went through most of my life without having that way of searching and seeking after God. And I can remember it was probably, I don't know, it's probably been close to 10 years ago now. I was having lunch or coffee, like I say, 10 years ago, I'm not sure, with a pastor who had been influential in my life, but it wasn't someone that I knew all that well. So it was kind of one of those unique relationships where, when I would see this person, I would walk away really encouraged and really uh, like, man, there's some things that I want to do as a result of the things we've talked about. There's some growth areas. There's some new things I want to try. You know, it was, a, it was a person like that in my life who we weren't extremely close, but they had, I guess you could say, kind of an outsized impact on my life uh, compared to how much time we actually ever spent together. And I was meeting with him and I was at kind of a, um, not a crossroads, but I was at a spot where it was like, hey, I think it's time to make a change and maybe look for different work, uh, maybe start moving in a different direction. You know, I wouldn't even call it career-wise. Ten years ago, I was you know, in my first job or my first like after college job for only a couple years. And it just, you know, trying to get a little bit of guidance on direction and see what the next step might look like. And so I was talking to this guy and uh, the, the subject of connecting with God came up and he said, well, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I, I like to tell people about this resource And it's what I'm going to share in this episode. Uh, It's a book called Sacred Pathways 
by the author Gary Thomas, who some of you probably are familiar with. And he said in this book, he lays out, it's almost like a, um, a spiritual personality type in some ways. Because he said, you know, so many people, we want to know, hey, are you introverted? Are you extroverted? Hey, you know, at this time when we had the conversation, he wouldn't have used this language. But what is kind of the way we think about that now is, hey, what Enneagram type are you? You know, we want to know, okay, how are you wired? How am I wired? And as a result of that, how does that play out in the dynamics between you and other people, between me and other people? And he said, you know, this, this book, and I'll have a link to uh, the Amazon page where you can purchase this book. I'll put that in the show notes. But he said this book, Sacred Pathways, goes through and gives nine different ways that people connect with God. And I don't think that, you know, the author Gary Thomas would say these are the only nine ways. Um, I wouldn't say that these are the only nine ways, but these are sort of the categories and the styles that for the majority of us, we're going to connect with God. And if you've listened, I don't remember, it, it was a while ago, probably one of the first 10 or 15 episodes I recorded I talked about the fact that for me, I've always felt this weird, um, not, not alienation, that's not the right word, but maybe um, bumped outness. That's not even a thing, but you, I think that communicates what I'm trying to get across. When it came to um, the, the typical ways that people talked about connecting with God. Because growing up and being in church, you know, you hear and reading through scripture, you hear continual reference to praising God through song, to, uh, you know, it's a, a huge amount of the worship service every week is spent singing praises to God. And for me, as a non emotionally driven person as someone, I think it was last episode that I talked about, I'm not a good singer. I don't really enjoy singing. I enjoy some types of music, but the kind of music that is played in a Sunday morning worship service, usually it's not my thing. And so I walk away going, man, I know and it's obvious that the majority of the people in this sanctuary or in this youth room or in this stadium are connecting with God through this music, but I'm not. And I don't really know what to do about that or how to feel about that. And especially when I was younger, it was a really disorienting thing. And I feel like probably around 18, 19 is when I started to go, you know what, this is just the way I am. This is how I'm wired, and I, I really don't think that God expects me to change my personality totally 
in order to be able to follow him because I'm, I'm, I'm working on following him. I'm seeking him. But it, it doesn't play out in the way that I'm connecting with him the way that it really feels like it's playing out in the average follower of Jesus life. And I don't know, maybe for you, you have had a similar experience. Maybe it wasn't about the music. Maybe it was about who knows all different kinds of things where it's just sort of assumed this is what you do. This is how you connect with God. And then when that doesn't do anything for you, when that's not speaking your spiritual personality type, quote unquote, you can walk away going, man, is there, is there something wrong with me? I, I don't really understand what everyone else is doing that I'm not doing. Or is everybody here just kind of pretending that they're experiencing something that they're not? Should I be pretending it too, right? These are the questions that we genuinely face when we realize that there's something that's working for the majority of people. And we're going, yeah, that's, I don't know why. I don't, I don't think there's something wrong with me that I'm not connecting this way, but I'm not. And if you've ever found yourself there, um, I think of moments where uh, I watched, especially as you watch um, kind of preteens and teens in worship services and you see them kind of looking around in a way that they're almost, they're like, okay, it seems like you guys are all experiencing something and I'm not. So are you are you pretending to experience it? Are you really experiencing it? Does this mean God doesn't want to connect with me? And I'm guessing that on some level, whether large scale or small scale, we've all felt something like that. And so what I want to do is share, like I say from this book, Sacred Pathways, there are these nine ways that he writes about people connecting with God. And these nine categories, and, you know, as I read through these nine, I feel like probably four or five of them, maybe even more than that, are ways that I connect with God. And I've, I've got a feeling that that's going to be true for you, too. That you're going to go, oh, that, yeah, that's why that one moment for me was so meaningful, because it fell into this category. So don't feel like, hey, if I don't experience God in all of these ways, there's something wrong with me. Um, actually, on the back cover of this book, there's a great, at the, the top of it, in bigger type, it says, um, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's spiritual walk. And I, I love that idea because we can easily find ourselves tempted toward that exact thing, right? When we're like, man, the way that these other people around me are experiencing whatever they're experiencing right now, 
I'm not, and I feel left out. All right, so I feel like I'm over-explaining, and I just want to get into these things. So the nine sacred pathways of connecting with God. Number one is a naturalist. This is someone who connects with God in nature. And maybe this is you, maybe it's not. For me, this is one of the categories where I say, yep, this definitely fits me. Uh, Maybe this is a strange way to talk about this, but I enjoy just going. I, I grew up working at a golf course from the time I was, I don't know, 15 or 16, something like that. I worked at golf courses over the summer for several years. And for me, one of the things that's really deeply meaningful for me was one day when I was finishing up work or when I wasn't working at all, I'd go to the golf course, I'd put my golf bag on my back, and I would just walk and play by myself. And to be out there in nature, I know it's carefully cultivated nature, right? It's like, well, here's where the weeds are, and here's where the taller grass, and here's where the thinner grass, and here's where really short grass on the green, but I'm out there in nature, just me and God and silence and the sound of birds or frogs or, you know, people playing golf around me. But for the majority of the time, really quiet and I'm out in nature and just spent time talking with God. I don't know if that's been your experience, and it doesn't need to be. That's the cool thing about what we're going to be looking at throughout this list, is it's not, hey, if this doesn't connect with you, you need to figure out how to make it connect with you. No, this is saying, hey, here's some things to try if you've had this experience of feeling bumped out when it comes to trying to, as Psalm 105 verse 4 says, keep on searching for God. So the next thing on the list, the next sacred pathway, uh, is called a sensate. And this person connects with God by being in awe, being overwhelmed by sights or sounds or smells. And this one is something that You know, I'm probably not going to talk about this as long, not because I don't think it's valuable, but just because this has never been the way that I've connected. And so to have incense burning or to have a candle lit sort of a situation or uh, to try to, you know, envision God's glory in some way that really elevates the spirit is not a way that I connect in with him. But I know, and this is this, I'm guessing that a lot of the people who are really able to lose themselves in worship, this is what they're experiencing in those moments. They're in awe, they're overwhelmed by who God is and the the bigness, the incredible feeling of being surrounded by people singing the same song and 
and just feeling that energy in the room, that's a way that people connect in with God. The next one is called a traditionalist. These are people who connect with God through ritual and symbolism. And again, for me, this has not been a way that I've, I was about to say traditionally, and that was totally not on purpose, but this is not a way that in the past I've connected with God. In fact, I remember in college, I took a class called Church Ritual. And as we were learning about how to perform communion and baptisms and weddings and funerals and those sorts of things, there were lessons and reading about, hey, the way that you set up the stage or the pulpit, the way that things look as people are watching the person who's preaching, those have a big impact. And so if you have, you know, I don't even remember what things they talked about, what elements, because I was like, oh, come on, you're, you're going a little too extreme to try to act like where you set the communion table or where you have the pulpit on the stage or where you have whatever other elements. I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not buying into that. Um, which you see is a flaw in me, right? Of saying, hey, that's a way somebody else connects with God, but it's not the way I do, so eh. It's so easy to fall into that stuff. And there are lots and lots and lots of people who connect with God through ritual and symbolism. And it's a beautiful thing. It's not been my experience, right? And it's so quick and easy and natural for us to kind of write that stuff off when it hasn't been. But I think that this is such a great reminder of, hey, some of these things are going to really connect in with you. Some of them aren't. The next one, I think it's number four, the ascetic connects with God in solitude and simplicity. And, um, you know, I, I think of the way, you know, and for me, I've talked a little bit about like the minimalist idea connects with me. Um, and that's sort of the idea of what's going on here. It can be easy to think um, that sort of what I've talked about of meditation would fit into this category. And it probably does to some degree, but that's not exactly what is being communicated here. Um, you know, when you think of an ascetic, you think of somebody who is foregoing pretty much any kind of comfort or any kind of um, excess so that they can not be distracted by all the trappings of what we think of as life, you know, and they're really narrowing in focus so that they can focus in only on God. And so in solitude and simplicity, you know, I, I've never done it, but when I hear of people that go to an extended silent retreat or something like that, 
those are moments where people are intentionally connecting in, in with God through solitude and simplicity. There's a schedule and there's a few meals throughout the day, but other than that, you're kind of on your own. It's going to be you and God and you, you connect with him in those moments. The next on the list of the sacred pathways is the activist. This is someone who connects with God through confrontation or taking action on justice issues. And often, you know, I can just right off the top of my head, I've got a few different people's faces that are popping up in my mind. These are the people who, when they hear about something that's not right, their first thought isn't, oh man, that's so terrible. I I hope those people end up being okay. Their first thought is, that's terrible. Now what are we going to do about it? And the way that they connect in with God is looking and saying, this thing that's happening doesn't match with the kingdom of God coming to life on earth. How do we fix that? How do we bring this world more in line with what it would look like if God were really on the throne here? And so activists, they obviously connect through action. The next is caregivers. These are people who connect with God by serving. And, you know, when you hear the term caregiver, it's easy to think of something like a a nursing type of a role. And I would definitely imagine that the people who are uh, drawn to connecting with God through being caregivers probably are drawn to roles like nursing. But this also plays out on a, a smaller scale. You know, I think of the love languages and when it's someone's love language to do gifts of service, that's kind of what I picture here. You know, it's people who, big scale or small scale, they like to do things, they enjoy, and for them, it's a way to connect in with God by serving the people around them, by noticing things that need to be done, things that are going to make life easier for other people, and they do it. These people probably uh, focus in on hospitality and enjoy being surrounded by people so that they can do things to serve them, and they connect in with God this way. The next on the list of sacred pathways is enthusiast. These people connect with God by mystery and celebration. And again, this one, I think that probably if this feels really close to number two, the sensate, it's probably more through my inability to differentiate between some of these things that haven't been my personal experience, right? And so some of you are listening and going, yeah, Sensate, that wasn't really me, but this one, the enthusiast, yeah, that really makes sense. I connect with God through mystery and through celebration. And 
singing worship music, listening to even just the lead up to it. You know, I don't, again, I've told you, I don't know a lot about music. So chord progression and whatever key, all that, I hear those words, but I couldn't listen to a song and tell you, oh, that was interesting because it did this, this, this. That doesn't elevate my spirit in any way. But for, for enthusiasts, I'm guessing that's a, a wonderful way to prepare to help you connect with God. Or probably a better way to say it is to connect with God. The next one is contemplatives. And contemplatives connect with God through adoration, contemplation, meditation. This one, you've heard me talk about the way that I connect with God, multiple episodes sharing about how much meditation has impacted me and the way that God has used my connecting with him that way to challenge me to grow, to challenge me to forgive, to challenge me to confess, to invite me into experiencing more and more and more full life. And I know that for some people to say, hey, this is what I do and here's how I connect with God. I go sit in silence with my eyes closed for a half an hour. I know, <laughs> I know that a ton of people are like, yeah, that sounds awful. I'm, I'm not going to connect with God doing that. It's just not, it's not how I'm wired. But for me, it is. And when I focus in on that and give God that time, I grow so much. And really the ninth and last one here is another way that I really connect in with God. Uh, and this is just the titled intellectual. And these are people who connect with God with their mind. It always was, I thought, kind of strange, but I found that one of the things that was a really important spiritual practice for me was to be learning. Uh, not, you know, definitely to be reading scripture, but to also be reading different ideas and different takes and different, sometimes deep theological ideas, sometimes uh, not as deep, but being challenged in my learning about who God is and ideas that weave through scripture, you know, in these different books that tons of people have written about their experience of God, about what it means to tie together these ideas in scripture. And I know that for me, when I'm reading, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm connecting in with God. And sometimes those books don't have to be Christian books. Sometimes it's books about ethics. It's books about things, you know, I don't really read a lot of fiction, but when I'm reading, when I'm reading about the world, when I'm reading about, you know, whether the author is calling it, hey, God 
wired us this way, but I'm reading about the way our minds work when I'm reading about how people interact with other people. I'm growing in my relationship with God. And again, some of you are listening and going, man, that is so far from the way that I'm wired. That's fine. That's great. Because as I've read through this list of nine things, I'm guessing you could probably even tell from the way that I was able to describe some of these things, you could probably tell which ones connect with me and which ones, eh, not so much. And I'm guessing that as you listened, you heard a few things that you go, oh yeah, that's why that moment in life was so meaningful to me. I, I don't even know that I realized I was connecting in with God in that moment through whatever one of these nine things. And what I want to do is invite you, like I say, there's going to be a link in the show notes to go purchase the book. If you'd like to dig into what this looks like practically played out in, hey, if, if this is my spiritual personality, if it's these few things that I connect with God, what are some of the practices that I can be intentional about to continue to cultivate this connection, to continue to do, like Psalm 105 says, to keep on searching after him. Because when God works in our lives, like I say, it's easy to just sort of allow that growth, 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 and then plateau and say, hey, I'm, I'm really comfortable here. I've sacrificed enough. I've given up enough. I've let go of my old self enough. Um, and to give up on keeping on searching. And instead of doing that, instead of plateauing, instead of saying, eh, it's good enough. Let's all challenge ourselves to figure out one or two or three of these ways that we connect in with God and be intentional about putting them into practice in our lives more and more and more often. Because what that's going to do is it's going to bring us closer to God but that's also going to reinvigorate us to continue to grow, to continue to practice these things that make such a big impact in our lives and that help us to grow closer and closer to him. So I want to encourage you and I want to encourage me to take a look at this list, to, um, to think through hey, you know what, here's a few ways that I really do connect in with God and then to be more intentional about scheduling those in to our lives. Because if we don't do it, we know things are going to fill up. And before we know it, the other priorities that feel more pressing, that feel more urgent, that feel more like, man, if I, if I drop the ball on this, there's going to be some serious consequences. We know that if we don't schedule in being intentional about connecting in with God, it can be easy to just let that time fall through the cracks. 
And so I want to challenge all of us, you and me, to go knowing this, that there are these different ways that we're wired, our spiritual personalities, to connect in with God, to go and be intentional about practicing some of these things that are going to help us to grow closer and closer to him.